Good evening, children of the night, and welcome to Slow Motion Triple Feature, a podcast in which three friends watch three movies over the course of three weeks. Each month, a different friend will select a different triple feature for their <laughs> friends to enjoy and discuss. Slow Motion Triple Feature is one of the many fine podcasts brought to you by the American Friend Institute. I'm your host, Mike Keller, and I'm joined today by my good friends, Kit and Andrew. Tonight, we're killing off our Return of Shocktober triple feature with Andrew's selection, 1992's Dracula, starring Gary Oldman, Winona Mm-mm. Ryder, and Keanu Reeves. It is very directed- specifically Bram Stoker's Dracula. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> should, I, should, I, should I restart her? No, we can keep going. Matter. Leave, in, leave okay. your error for all to hear. Mm-hmm. <sighs> well, let's take a look here. Let's take a look. Oh, you're gonna you're gonna fact check her? No, I mean it. Always, it says that on the poster, but IMDb just said Dracula. Nah, it's no, Brent's, it's it's wrong. IMDb and wrong. it's and it's intentional, I think. Yeah, because he's it does trying to establish that it's a faithful adaptation of the novel, right? Rather than the like movie guy. Although then, yeah. there's millions of allusions to the movie guys. But anyway. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I've always called it Bram Stoker's Dracula because then people know you're specifically talking about the Coppola yeah. one. But uh, um, yeah, IMDb just says Dracula, but all the posters say it. So anyhow, we'll leave my error in. <laughs> um, starring Gary Oldman, Winona Ryder, and Keanu Reeves and directed by Frankie Coppola. Um, Only right. his friends call him that. I'm a friend with, I'm, I'm good buddies with, with Frankie. Yeah, I bet. I've been to his winery. Have he's you? got he's got like a mm-hmm. bunch of them. What are you talking about? Which one did you go to? The one in Kansas? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> they do have wineries in uh, at least Missouri. Um, no, I went to the one in California. Uh, I stood by Tucker, the car. Very cool. I think it's called Tucker. I've never seen I used film, to work down the street Tucker. from Cafe Zoeotrope. Cool. Mm. Probably well, I guess I'm better friends. I mean, I've been to his house. You've been to a cafe that he owns that is only for people who. I mean, that's know, where he business. has he has an office there. That's where he like that's where he's getting the real work done. Stuff that actually okay. matters. Okay. Unless you're like a big old wino now. I mean, you are yeah. a wino, but like you know what I mean. <laughs> but I only in the sense that I whine a lot. That's I what I'm saying. Don't drink yeah. wine. Yeah. yeah. Constantly. Anyhow. Whining. Anyhow. Um. So before we uh, launch there. Kit was just saying that this feels a bit like it's even though it's like a classic and it's obviously iconic that it feels a little bit forgotten like it's not really in the canon somehow uh Kit do you want to uh, kick us off there yeah I mean it's a little bit similar to interview with the vampire although I sort of think this movie is even less in the popular imagination than that one where there are these sort of a, a handful of just really really good gothic horror movies that are sort of out of step with the 90s but were huge hits at the time and it Mm. feels like people don't watch or reference them very often um and you know andrew was talking about how the special features for this movie are pretty thin whereas i think all three of us would really love to know absolutely everything about how this movie was made um and it's kind of surprisingly difficult to get that information um you know there's a lot more uh you know internet room dedicated for instance to the super mario brothers movie 
than <laughs> to this movie, um, yeah. which is kind of a bummer. <laughs> yeah, and I wonder, weird. like, as I'm watching this, so I actually had not seen this movie until just this year. I watched it back in July um, for the first time, which is weird because I'm a 90s guy. I'm a horror guy, but it's just I had never gotten to this one. Huh. Um, so this movie is very much that way for me, where it's kind of like I always knew of it. And obviously, like, you you know, any video store you've been to, it's, you know, you you would recognize the poster and the cover and everything. But uh, but yeah, it just like it was never like somebody was like, you've got to see Bram Stoker's Dracula. It was always just like. You know, I knew it, it, you know, and it would have been just before I was old enough to really be going to see these movies by myself or, or with friends or anything. Uh, so I think, it, yeah, it kind of fell through the cracks for me. So that all seems very true. I'm sure there's somebody I mean, not that we have anybody that listens to the podcast, but I'm sure there's somebody out there who's like, what are you talking about? Like my friends and I talk about this film every day. Maybe. But, uh, you know, yeah, I want to know what regular people think of this movie. Well, that's you know? yeah, that's a I mean, good it was question. A big hit. And that's when I keep thinking it was wild to watch this movie. I think this is probably my third time and think about this is what normal people used to go watch. Yeah. Well, at the movies. Well, yes and no. I mean, this movie is is it, I, spoiler alert. I loved watching this, um, but it is. Yes, it's insane. I mean, there's it's so, a bananas movie. So that's what I kind of mean, because this is not. Even for this time, like, this is not what people went to go see. I don't think they went to see this movie when, I don't know. It's obviously, it was a huge hit, so I could be wrong. But I feel like, you know, my Aunt Bertha did not go see Bram Stoker's Dracula to see Bram Stoker's Dracula. I feel like she went to see a bunch of movie stars in Mm -hmm. a Dracula movie. My Um, mom loved it. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if she saw. I think she probably saw it in theaters. But like the reason I saw this movie for the first time, I think, is because I was getting into like Gary Oldman movies, and she was like, "Oh, he's so sexy in that movie." <laughs> so and like, she's correct. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, but... yeah, and he at the same time he's also like a furry demon guy for a lot of it. <laughs> That's what I mean, though. As I, I think, <laughs> I think that a lot of people could. I could think it's feasible that people could have come away from this. Like I could see my parents walking out of this and being like, "Well, that was a little weird," and then never talking about it again. <laughs> Whereas, yeah. like cinephiles, I could see just you know sleeping with it under their pillow at night. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. I don't. And I so I, I see why it was a big hit. And I just I feel like if I was a normie parent. I might like never share this with my children or something like that. Just I would never think of it. I don't know. Yeah. It's, you can see how it would have had like a great marketing campaign. Oh, like, yeah, it's for hor- sure. It's horny as hell. Absolutely. It's very bloody. It's very stylized. They came up with the fucking best font possibly ever. Ever. Yeah. <laughs> to, to be. It's yeah. incredible. It's it. There's a lot of shit you can put in a trailer to make people go. God damn. Um. And, you know, he's still Francis Ford Coppola. Like, obviously, he was diminished in his powers at that point. Um, and the budget for this movie was not large. Um, this feels, yeah, yeah, this this feels like, it, it feels to me like he finished Godfather 3, which, you know, limped its way to the Oscars. And it just feels like, okay, I'm going to do everything, ev- every single trick that I have ever learned or could ever learn. I'm going to put this in this movie because it is, I mean, it is like constant in its visual 
I don't know, just in all the the style that's oozing from it. Like it doesn't, it really does not let up. It's not, it's not even really narrative in a certain sense. Like the, the, (laughs) I think it's incoherent at at, at various places. But still, but not to, you know, like in a kind of Lynchian dreamlike way that befits the content, not in a like, this because like what i love about this movie is that you know there's references i want to talk about like all of the art references that real, are in there. So real quick i want to i want to yeah. stop you just for a half a second just because uh, yeah. you're going to get away from the dream thing and i do want to note that that yes i agree this movie is very very dreamlike and denise and i were watching it last night and this whole sequence i'm trying to remember which oh it was the sequence where he he is a wolf man and he has sex with lucy and yeah. bite, or he bites her or whatever. Um, and Denise asks, she goes, is that, a, is that a dream? And I didn't know how to answer her. Yeah. <laughs> because the whole movie is a dream. So. Yeah. Anyway, continue. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's, so, so it's crazy stylized. There's all these references to like artworks, to like art films, like, you know, Cocteau's Beauty and the Beast is all over this, like lots of different things. But I don't find this movie to be pretentious in the slightest. Like Keanu yeah. Reeves is in it, you know. Like right. it seems like fun as hell. You know, his his he hired his son to be the visual effects supervisor, and he'd like never done that before. That's amazing. And, That's yeah. amazing. And I didn't know that. It just really feels like a lot of Coppola movies, and like the way that he m- makes movies is just like my friends and family are around and we're going to have a lot of fun. And like Gary Oldman, you know, to me, it's Gary Oldman at peak Oldman where he's getting to wear like five different (laughs) (laughs) incarnations of the character Mm -hmm. and just do a fucking batshit accent. And there's like not, no going too far, but it actually works. It just seems like everyone's there are scenes between, him and like particularly she has the line delivery where she says um take me away from all this death and like in that scene i'm thinking about them doing the scene but not in a bad way like i'm thinking about listen to how these two people are talking to each other yeah like they were on a set with no music like it didn't look like this and they were just like talking to each other like that that's fucking insane well, I was, but it's so I, fun I was, I was watching the uh like a behind the scenes featurette and it's that opening scene with uh with with gary oldman and um and anthony hopkins after his wife is dead mm-hmm. and they're yelling at each other in whatever language that is and it's and to see it to see it with like a crew and a, a camera and no music is so weird because it just looks like two incredible men with incredible gravitas are just screaming gibberish at each other. Like there's no subtitles or anything. You have no idea what anything means, but they commit. There's tons of, there's several scenes in this movie where like, there's no subtitles. It's not in English. And we just like, but it doesn't, you know, it plays on. There's lots of like influences from silent film in this. Um, It's just a very, over-the-top, fun, crazy movie that rewards knowing a lot about movies and art and literature. Yes. But isn't pretentious somehow. 
it's like and it has like jokes in it and stuff <laughs> like <laughs> it's such it's what they pulled off is really cool i think mike yeah but, do you like yeah. the movie <laughs> yeah quite a bit okay good <laughs> no i was just you guys were going i wasn't gonna uh i guess <laughs> let's see the build off of uh, i just got worried that you were like yeah it was okay <laughs> no you guys were just going like okay. i was like yeah okay um no yeah no i i think let's see so my take on all of that is that yes it's i think what's so cool uh, well one of the things that's so cool about this movie is that it's really pulling from you know a much older or i guess i don't know a much deeper well than um a lot of the movies that we're used to that we watch or that we see nowadays and i mean this movie's 30 years old i suppose but but even for the time like it's yeah it's it's silent film is all over this and then on top of that way before film like you like you're i think you were going to say that uh some of the kind of uh imagery from paintings and like yeah. kind of religious art and stuff like that there's just a ton of that um and then yes i hadn't even thought about the pretentiousness like um i i yeah i guess i hadn't thought about it so i don't know how it avoids that but yes at no point does this strike me as like it's like oh man coppola's you know he's really trying hard like it looks like he's just having fun and like you're like, well, somehow he got away with this. And I, I guess it was independent. Like he produced it or he would have financed it. And then Columbia, I guess, distributed it. But it looked mm-hmm. like it was just a zoetrope picture. So that's interesting. He must have just had free reign. Yeah. Um, but no, I guess uh, I, I do think that. There it hits a point, I think, about I think it's about 45 minutes in where uh, Dracula finally gets uh, to London. Is it London? Yes. Where is that? Yes. Yeah. And I think for me, the film. Uh, how did I put this? I wrote a little review of it for work, but like um, it's it's like it's fine. It becomes more a little more narrative there. And it's not like the visual inventiveness stops, but it does slow down for me once he gets to London for a bit, maybe for like the second act. Um, and I think what I had said was that it's like from from that first 45 minutes, everything is so gorgeous and so just you're just blown away with like how creative and just beautiful everything is and mm-hmm. so it's almost like it and it's so gothic and and it's like mm-hmm. it's like the sun comes up you know when they get to london it's like there's actual people like yeah people who haven't been like undead for hundreds of years like they're talking with each other it's you know stuff like this and so you're kind of like oh i didn't really want like i wanted it to be night still and then <laughs> finally by the end of the movie it sort of returns to that just like full blast like you know uh kind of gothic horror and even even the story picks up you know in terms of action and stuff but but like like with the dream stuff you guys were talking about it is like at some points the the visuals become so uh dominant that like dialogue and story like it doesn't matter what language they're speaking like you just you're just being blasted with this imagery yeah and it's wonderful and then it gets a little more like this is more like a regular movie like a period piece when they get to london and then it picks up again by the end when they're like at the castle and and you know uh i mean even even before that when they're all kind of rushing uh to go after him and stuff but anyhow yeah that's just a jumble of things in my head i think that's actually kind of intentional though because like to me the beginning of the movie was reminding me a lot of like wizard of oz something like that um, hmm. and I think the, Vic- the like Victorian society parts, I kind of think we're supposed to be like, shit, this sucks. You know, yeah. like there's, 
what I like about this version of Dracula so much, and it's been forever since I read the novel and I don't really remember it. Um, but Dracula's the hero of this movie. Like Van Helsing is almost the bad guy, <laughs> I think, in a way. And, you know, the the line, like, take me away from all this death, I feel like what she means is not only obviously that like he can offer eternal life i suppose but like victorian london f fucking sucks like it, like <laughs> all of this like science and reason and um rationality has like turned them and like denial of desire and urges has like they are far more dead <laughs> than dracula is and so i think like the kind of I agree with you that like well I like it because like that's when sexy Dracula is around so I like those scenes <laughs> with those but, sunglasses but you are kind of bummed like by comparison to like his castle or like even the gardens at night or whatever it is mm -hmm. like oh this is kind of like dull <laughs> like, yeah and 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 boring um and like I really this time found myself you know really hoping <laughs> that Mina would just like become a vampire or something you know like ditch like and I also found myself to that maybe in that same vein more sympathetic to the casting of Keanu Reeves in this role Me than too. I ever have been before because he is he is absolutely terrible but I wonder if someone was like that's why he's right for this is that he's going to come off silly and his you know there's times like he doesn't start to freak out until he sees the vampire bitches eat a baby but like <laughs> everything that's happening around him is insane it's very much like a Merle Oberon in in the lodger last week where it's like dude <laughs> <laughs> like he's and he's just nonplussed like when yeah. when Dracula pulls a sword on him and has it as his throat he's just like sitting there and part of me is like well that could be bad acting from Keanu Reeves but it could also be like this character is a fucking moron and you know Keanu Reeves is sort of known for acting like a bit of an <laughs> empty <laughs> vessel I and he kind of worked or for me this time water I think is yeah. Is because, I think because, a dumbass. See, I don't. <laughs> okay. I don't. I don't think that's fair. Well, okay, maybe a dumbass, but I think that he still brings sim like there's still sympathy for the character. Like I don't. I think when I think of yeah. like a, a true like a dumbass, it's like I could take him or leave him. Maybe I'll even be satisfied by their death. But we want Jonathan to escape, and we I think we want him to, on some level, to save Mina. Um. I also wanted to add that I, I too was sympathetic, more sympathetic towards Keanu than I ever have in this world. Cause I've always kind of sided with people just saying this was the worst thing that he's ever done. Mm -hmm. And he hurts the movie and just watching it now. It's been a long time, probably a decade. Um, mm -hmm. Every there's the performances are so insane that it doesn't really feel that, much of a departure from anything else in this movie yeah it kind of fit and i sort of feel like 
watching this time, re- I was realizing more than ever that this is like really a movie about movies. And the person he's playing, like, it's a performance that has corollaries in, you know, those old horror films, you know, like, a, you know, a guy pretending to be British, like all these, all, all the ways in which he is not believable don't necessarily take away from the point of the movie. Like I, he's not supposed to be as compelling a figure as fucking Dracula. No. You know, <laughs> like he's not, there's a, I think a way in which we are supposed to be rooting for Mina to be with, you know, Dracula as opposed to this drip. He, him looking absolutely ridiculous with his like whitened hair, like <laughs> it feels a little bit like part of the whole like gonzo atmosphere <laughs> of everything. It definitely worked a little better for me. Yeah, I and think he you would- get used to it. Like the first time I saw it, I was kind of like, yeah. You know, like, and I don't really care. Like, it's, you know, there's enough other stuff going on in the movie that you're just like, that's fine. Like, Keanu's accent isn't great, and he seems a little out of place just in the cast. But it's like, uh, but then at I think, its best, this role, if it was played, like, let's say Carrie Elwes had that role, which is like, he uh, was born to play. It would still be the most boring guy in the movie. Like, he's not a fun role he's not he yeah. doesn't do anything cool like I, in the I, whole yeah. movie other than gets yeah. his sticks bitten by vampires see like, i don't think i don't think carrie mm-hmm. ellis would be should be in this role i think he has like a smarminess i don't i think keanu reeves is completely genuine i think i think that shows through which is in, funny <laughs> given what? that he's like bad at that's funny and i but i think true in spite of I would generally associate genuineness with good acting, but his acting comes Mm-mm. off completely insincere, and yet he somehow, See, I agree with I, you, is genuine. I think, I think, <laughs> yeah, I think the sincerity is in the bad performance. Um, and it's it's interesting to me too because you know Co- Coppola like uh, fa- pretty famously rehearses the shit out of his movies. Uh, he usually has like a video camera at his, mm-hmm. you know, rehearsal studio and like basically shoots the entire movie and could put a like rough cut together from that. So like I was watching footage before we hopped on the call uh, to record of like all these famous people in a room doing like very like acting 101 acting exercises together. So like he was there the whole time. It's not like they hired a movie star and then he showed up to set and they just had to like work with what he got with what he what he had to offer uh it was this is like this is baked into the performance so this was a this was on some level there's a there's a there's definitely a choice being made here i don't know yeah i you know i don't i'm sure there's some sort of like you know politics and business going on uh behind the scenes where it's like well you know he's a movie star so we need movie stars to help sell this movie but i feel all that to say i feel like i agree with you that there's there's something more to the decision to have him play this character and play it this way than i think uh that i think people have given credit for Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah i had a thought while you were talking um of like 
who would I have put like from this time, who would I have put? And uh, obviously like with Winona in this era, I thought like Johnny Depp, like from Edward Scissorhands, which that would have uh-huh. been two years before this. And like, I don't know. Again, I think Keanu's fine. I think I get, I get used to it. And he's really such a small part of the movie that it doesn't, it's not like, Oh, the movie was great. Or yeah, it was going to be great. But then I saw him in it and it was terrible. But anyways, I was thinking like Johnny Depp from that time, probably, I think it could have worked. It would have depended on how they played it. Um, but I wonder if in terms of the Hollywood politics and stuff, that's what they were going for is like Keanu Reeves is like, maybe he was kind of like a depth type, like just an attractive young fella or whatever. And uh, then they were like, well, yeah, that worked out in Edward Scissorhands. So we'll put him, uh, we'll put Winona with uh, uh, Keanu this time or something. Plus they both have mm-hmm. funny first names. So <laughs> true. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's cause I just watched the movie and I just feel, and I've seen this movie, I don't know, four or five times. And I feel like, I don't know. It's hard. It is truly hard for me to imagine as crazy as it sounds like it's it's hard for me to imagine another like Keanu Reeves level at, you know, movie star. Yeah. In this particular role. Um, I mean, maybe that's what I'm saying is like, no matter if you got someone who was a better actor or who could do a British accent or whatever, it wouldn't make. I think you can question whether that would actually make the movie better because the fact that he kind of sucks and is weird is the only thing that makes that character really interesting in any way. Like it's a boring character. Yeah. It's really, it's writer and Oldman's movie. Like, yes, I I don't know. Everything. I love Anthony Hopkins and I don't even really care about him in this movie that much. He's, he's good. He's cool. But like, it's a fairly small role, you know, yeah. although he's a good narrator, too. Um, but yeah, so, I mean, it's like, you know, I don't, I don't know. And it seems like the reviews at the time were still positive, even though a lot of people did point out uh, or did pick Keanu as maybe a weak, weak spot. But Which yeah. is interesting. It's funny that he I, I think it is a daring choice, especially after all the, you know, shit that Coppola caught for putting his daughter in uh, mm-hmm. The Godfather Part Three, like the year prior. Yeah. <laughs> I still have never seen Godfather Part. And Winona Ryder was supposed to play, uh, yes, his, play that character. She got uh, really so sick and had to drop okay. out. Um, mm-hmm. And I think she looks very frail to me in this movie. Like it kind of enhances the the character, I think. But like, she does not look super well <laughs> to me in this movie. Gorgeous, but like very thin. Um, yeah. And I think that probably has something. I was going to ask you illness. on that note, uh, since you're the official wig police, uh, is her hair real in this movie? I believe it is. I didn't clock okay. a wig. I was going to say this is like the prettiest hair in a movie ever. Uh, yeah, she's the. I mean, <laughs> I feel like again we could go. The costumes are fucking insane. Everyone looks absolutely yeah. gorgeous in this movie. Like she's, I think she's one of the most like beautiful women who ever lived. And this is possibly the most beautiful she ever looked. The costumes that Lucy gets to wear are just yeah, insane. Like, so, do yeah. we know? Cause I, I usually try to go through the cast and I just didn't have time this week. Uh, is who, who's our cinematographer? Who is our costume? Like, are these, are these like world famous people or is it kind of just like the Coppola crew? Like you guys were talking well, about. I do want to well, say is it Vittorio Storaro. 
Oh, really? Isn't I don't know. The, uh... Oh, okay. No, no, it's Michael Belhouse. No, okay. Okay, so My, let's see that. Uh, he did Goodfellas. He does. He does a lot of a lot of Scorsese. Age okay. of Innocence, Gang of Gangs of New York. It's very, it's so funny because this movie is like such a companion piece to Age of Innocence to me. It's just like Age of Innocence yeah. with vampires in a certain way. Yeah. Wow, this guy, how have I never heard this guy's name? He's done a ton so, of stuff. Fassbender. Uh, let's see. He's worked with. He, did, he worked with Prince under the Cherry Moon, which I've heard Ooh. is actually pretty good. Excuse me. He died in 2017. Scorsese. Okay. Steve Close, Fabulous Baker Boys. Scorsese. Yeah. Well, he certainly has done some good work here. You know, I also think like, and again, I didn't, I didn't get to read about it, but so much of this stuff looks like it was like <clears throat> the visual effects, like were done in camera. And so I think that that yes. must have been like as the cinematographer. And I, I don't know. I would love to see, like you were saying, the special features, like if they're like working how how they did these things out, because it would have been right before. And who knows what Coppola would have done because he's he's kind of an old school film guy. But like it would have been right before 92 is it'd be right before like Jurassic Park and like Mm -hmm. everybody being like, well, let's see if we can do it with CGI. And as a result, you get shots like like right toward the beginning when, uh, you know, uh, Winona before Winona, like the the his original uh you know bride to be or whatever um when she jumps out the castle window and then the camera follows yeah. her and it looks down it. and it's just like that it's like the coolest thing ever like it's and just it's one of the, the most same thing we saw in the, in the last episode of this podcast actually that's true i wonder if <laughs> yeah i mean that's just probably i, weird, I said like, to lee i was like because i think that's a combo of cinematography and visual effects i think that's also roman coppola all those miniatures and things i think yeah um the, and the production designer, by the way, Thomas E. Sanders, also died in 2017. He did Crimson Peak, Saving Private Ryan, yep. Apocalypto, oh, wow. okay. uh, Braveheart, Mission Impossible wow. 2. Um, but I was like, are those cotton balls? Like, what are the clouds? Like, what? Some It feels to me like miniatures in some in some way. Yeah. I don't know. Looked, and especially because it's so like her as she kind of descends is so still like it doesn't look yeah. like there's like wind blowing her dress around right. and all that kind of stuff she and starts so, yeah, to look like, like a little doll something. or something yeah the whole movie is cool, like though. the whole movie's like a, a a mixed media art piece or something it's yeah, yeah totally. i would actually that'd be cool to see all the miniatures I oh mean, god yeah for that. all the shadow puppets and everything are amazing yeah. the yep. fucking the suit that Vlad is wearing. I when fucking he's love like that armor. It's Holy so fucking cool. Shit. It so looks like something from Dune that, or something. I know. Yeah, it's so weird and be... superheroy. Yeah. Is it historical in any way? Or no, is that I, not, I'm sure it not. It can't be. Okay. It doesn't look like it would protect you at all. It's like an exoskeleton. Yeah. Right. When I was it like, what like kind rubber. of material would it, they have even had back in the you know, whatever? <laughs> Plastic. Yeah. Yeah. Just, yeah. Um, but yeah, very cool stuff. I do wish I'd been able to do a little bit of a deeper dive because I feel like this would be one kind of like Invaders from Mars where you could just like dig in and find all these back. And obviously, this is a much grander spectacle, but just like, you know, where you had William Cameron Menzies, like you could kind of just go through all this stuff that he had done before. And like with this, it's obviously like probably have a lot of the greats uh, doing their working their magic here. And and it's mm-hmm. yeah, and it's just all up on screen. Even the poster is so freaking cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I went. I went through the the IMDb just to like, because I was I was uh, hoping, or I thought for sure that I would find a connection between this and Sleepy Hollow. Nothing. Yeah, 
nothing zilch i mean and like the thing is and most of this movie is shot in a studio like the they're they're all those scenes in the garden in the backyard that's uh-huh. all the town is that looks very fake like london looks mm-hmm. very set to me i agree i do wonder about those exterior shots or maybe they just blocked it also feels like that could have been like a single intersection in some you know back alley in in london and they could have just you know shot all that shit in one spot and just moved the camera to different sides of the street uh because it's all you don't really get any like wides of london so that's the other thing about this movie that i think i think it makes it kind of cozier is you don't really get a ton of like there's no there's no there's nothing in this movie that ever really establishes it in the real world i think i think even the even the stuff in, in London, it's all like very tight shots. And, mm-hmm. uh, and I think that you don't get ha- like a wide of like London bridge or something. <laughs> like, no. And you, you yeah. also don't, you also don't ever really get, it's weird because I feel like you, there is something about this movie that is hard to follow visually, but that almost works in its favor. Like a lot of the actions and stuff I have, trouble like following because like this this just the sense of space because so much of this movie is there's just not a lot of like establishing anything um like i think about like the the fight on the carriage at the end like i had trouble just like okay where mm-hmm. was this guy and now he's flying Who are off these the guys <laughs> but it and normally that's a thing that like you yeah you could attack a movie for but there's something about it here that that adds to its appeal that's that's i had that same thought around that same time it's the scenes where she where mina and uh van helsing are like in the snow and she's like wearing like i'm like what are they doing like they would free both freeze to death like it doesn't there's there's a part where they're like standing on a cliff and i think they're there's like a wall of some kind and she's I think sees that he's approaching or something that Dracula is approaching. And mm-hmm. it, that's, those are the parts that are reminding me of like wizard of Oz or a fairy tale where it's like, this is in no way trying to convey like the real conditions of whatever mission they're on. Right. You know, she's wearing like a velvet gown, not like a coat, you know, it's completely a fairy tale she's wearing what like a princess should be wearing in a scene like this not what like a real lady (laughs) a real human lady should be wearing and i totally agree with you and i mean it was also reminding me of wizard of oz because like there's those scenes where for instance where they're watching like the witch spell surrender dorothy and you you know watching it as a viewer that those people those actors are standing on the ground and looking up at nothing like they're not like somehow I'm aware that they're not looking at an actual witch writing stuff in the sky, but it doesn't matter at all for my enjoyment of the film. It's no. like, I don't know. It's just it follows yet. It still follows a logic we're all capable of following. And I think that that is in some ways the like philosophical point of the movie where Mina, when she's trying to resist Dracula, like she first tries to place like museums and culture as like, you know, a reason that they should not be in this like film technology little exhibit tent. And then he kind of 
bats that away. And then she tries to say that it's like it's not scientific in the way that uh, Marie Curie is is scientific. But then ultimately she's like completely seduced by it. And what he's showing her is fucking movies like um, and there's all kinds of like <laughs> there's all kinds of film Techn- like there's lots of there's the the doctor's weird like sound recording device there's the phonograph in lucy's room there's a lot of like you know there's the shadow puppets there there's a lot of like weird old um movie techniques and technology and people kind of scoffing at them but like that's what dracula wants to do when he gets to london is go <laughs> like is go see movies there's something too. I th- I mean yes that that's true. But just I I'm th- I was thinking about um, sort of just London you know kind of being portrayed as a shitty place to be. But there's something about the inelegance of 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 science and technology, and or just like it's kind of unromantic. I'm just thinking about like when they're giving Lucy that transfusion, and I'm thinking about all the like the times that a vampire bites somebody in this movie, and it's like kind of sexy. And then mm-hmm. there's, you know, two sweaty men fumbling exactly. over a terrible, uh, just like a, just a, a blunt looking needle that they're shoving into, you know, into arms and in, in order to collect blood. And it's, it's interesting. It's, and it maybe, maybe it's just like, here is kind of an added, maybe this is sort of like a man versus nature thing. Maybe the, the natural thing is to let Lucy become the vampire and the unnatural thing is for, you know, men to start shoving uh dull needles into each other i think i think you're totally yeah i think you're totally right i think that's also what the line you know take me away from all this death that that in some way what's more human is to be like dracula as opposed to these fucking like effete dudes like you know and then there's the scene where i think there's a lot of hay made about how they killed lucy which is like, yeah, I, you know, Van Helsing says it in a very cold way. Like, I stabbed her in the heart and cut her head off. And, like, he's performing autopsies and things. And there's, it's just like, he, like, at least the way Dracula kills you is, like, nice <laughs> to experience, you know? Um, yeah, yeah I totally he even think- he says He even says to her... Um- he says to her fiance, he says a moment of a, a, a moment of bravery and it's all over. And I'm thinking, well, no, dude, that dude's got to live with the fact that he chopped his fiance's head yeah. off the rest of his life. It's not over. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think we've all been there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Van Helsing, you yeah. crazy, bro. See, and I, I've read the book, but I don't remember... I also I don't remember the I'm I'm almost positive the ending of this film is a lot different than the book because I don't remember any of that. But um, as far as that kind of gothic like um, kind of the modern world at war with this kind of romanticized kind of history uh, kind of thing, um, I don't and I, mean, I guess the book would be old as shit too. But I don't remember how much of that uh, was there, but yeah, I do think that that's here in the film, particularly in that that. Uh, a scene where they go to the theater uh, or the, what do they call it? A kin- kinograph or something? Mm-hmm. Uh, ki- uh, kinetos- kinetoscope? Kinet- whatever they, I can't remember. They called it something and I don't know. But 
yeah, sorry. No, nothing really to add. Okay. I was just trying to I was trying to remember how much of that would be from the book, how much of that might have been Coppola's uh, you know, intro or you know, uh take on it or even just I who um I don't know who wrote this, but um maybe the yeah, some of the screenwriters or something. James Hart. I mean, there's I think I think in the emphasis on technology. Again, I also like don't remember Bram Stoker's Dracula that well, but um there's some Frankensteinian elements to this version i think in yeah. you know the interest in science and tech and technology um and it's sort of failures well and that's yeah i suppose that's also there in like a lot of the universal uh mm-hmm. horror movies like the old ones from like the 30s and 40s but i remember back in college i was reading i just read a lot of books about like old horror movies and stuff and like um I have no idea where it came from, but like one quote that I wrote down that I still like, it's in my little journal thing was like that. These are our stories or movies kind of at war with the technological world or the modern world. And there's that kind mm-hmm. of like, I think that that's a thing with Gothic novels, Gothic movies, everything, right. just kind of that, you know, uh, not even like a fear of the new, but just kind of a distaste for that. And even though it's maybe horrific, like, you know, uh, Dracula or Frankenstein or, the mummy like there's just something very alluring to this kind of spooky old kind of uh yeah kind of stuff. I don't know. well in a kind of like the way maybe not inevitably but there is obviously like a side to the enlightenment and reason and you know the triumph of reason and science that it shuts down all these other avenues of human experience that aren't primarily explainable in that way and yet we believe that they are um and i think that the crazy visually insane dreamlike quality of the movie helps make that point and you know the most you know the doctor's (laughs) <laughs> the, the the Richard E. Grant's doctor is like very ineffectual in a way and then the doctor who's lost his mind um, Tom Waits uh, actually knows what's really going on <laughs> but he's kept in a straitjacket yeah um, I can show you guys this might not make for good podcasting but I can show you guys some of the art references yeah I would I'll, um, I'll react really Okay. Intensely, so people will be entertained. I'm going to upload them in the chat. Um, oh so my it's... God, it's Gustav Klimt. <laughs> it's a little bit hard to see uh, here, but Dracula's robe is basically the same. Uh, the robe that he like sleeps in, the gold one, mm-hmm. is basically this guy's um, thing. And I'm not going to w- show you any of the... So it's very mm-hmm. Klimtian. Yeah. Is there significance to that, like with that painting, to pull it up in that point in the film, or is that just something like a uh, a flourish? I think. Well, there's a ton of pre-Raphaelite references in this movie. Um, Like basically Lucy's whole character with her red hair. There's also like when Mina, or when Elizabeta is on the altar, she looks very much like Malay's um, Ophelia, and those are timely references like they are that's the kind of art that was that was like the aesthetic 
of the period of the novel, as far as I know. Um, mm. Klimt, I think, is like also. Uh, let's see. When did when is the kiss? I feel like it's like early twentieth century. Um, yeah, it was painted in nineteen oh seven. So it's not it's not untimely um, compared to the novel. But I also think you know he's specifically wearing a robe that emulates the kiss, which is like a famous romantic painting. Mm, mm-hmm. I feel like okay. that's part of the idea. Interesting. Um, okay. Also, I think it's really cool that uh, Gustav Klimt like really dressed like that, <laughs> like not in gold, but he wore clothes like that, which I think is really yeah. cool. He and he and his he and his uh, girlfriend slash wife. Um, there's also, I think most people probably know this one, but the portrait of Dracula there he is. is based on Albrecht Durer's uh, self portrait, which is like one of the sexiest self portraits I've ever seen. Um, I love him, and that's really cool. Um, obviously, I think there are numerous references to Henri Fuseli's nightmare, um, particularly when Lucy is. I mean, the design of Oldman's like wow wolfy character um, seems very related to that. And then one that was new to me on this watch. Um, is that Dracula's castle is based on this uh, print by uh, Frantisek Kupka. Yep, there it is. <laughs> oh, cool. Um, and yeah, that castle design is so fucking awesome. And that's the other thing, too, is like I loved watching. I think I appreciated this movie more also because I have just watched um castlevania <laughs> and it was like my <laughs> castlevania is like my favorite media that i have consumed this year other than red dead redemption too um and in that in that show as well dracula is like something of a protagonist um and just doing everything for love <laughs> and that's like very um he's he kind of has a point <laughs> um and that just it's a very like romantic show in that way and that and the like non-dracula characters both the vampires and the humans are kind of like i don't know assholes it is <laughs> uh, very much like in this film it is very satisfying to watch a dracula character that you can side with a little bit and i think yeah i think like they don't they don't like say it but you kind of get how like a dude like you understand why he basically you know renounces god or whatever makes him Mm -hmm. an enemy uh and then when you see him again and you know he's like a scary monster it's like well yeah this dude's been hanging out bitter sad for uh, 800 years of course he looks like my grandmother and then uh i don't know and all the all the things that he does in the movie like he doesn't I'm he's not like he's not really out there like slaughtering people. You know what I mean? Like right. we we understand that he's feeding on humans. Um but like he turns he turns Lucy into a vampire and it's her own kind who murder her. Mm-hmm. Um I don't know. I think that's I think that's Yeah, and there's no element in this of like with interview uh with the vampire like it's like, well, I've got to do this to feed and it pains me. So to have to yeah. but with this, he's never really like he's not tortured in that way, but he also doesn't seem to be like on the hunt. It's just like he right. just, he's, he's not like, like he's not he's sadistic like, in it. the way I think that Lestat is. Yeah. 
and most and most yeah. like sexy vampires usually are like they're they're alluring but they're also like definitely enjoying hurting people like he doesn't yeah. seem to like, view people yeah. as cattle in the same way you know right like that's spe- anyway castlevania um he specifically seems to be staying alive to encounter elizabeth again because yeah I'm not tire entirely sure, but like he's in a weakened form, I think, when he's in his castle. Like, I think he he's in his strongest form after he comes back to London and feeds and then he turns into hot version of himself. Um because once they once he's weakened again, he looks like an old guy again. So it so I get the sense that like you're saying he's not like he's maintaining life, but he's not going out and wreaking havoc um he it seems like he's he's really kind of (laughs) waiting on her and then Mm -hmm. when he finds her he like springs into action um and like it genuinely is like a very romantic story like i kind of teared up when she looks up and she sees the painting of them on the ceiling that's like the coolest fucking shit like I want one of those so bad. It's like so super badass, and like it's a weird ending. It's a weird and sort of abrupt ending to the movie, but it fits. Like, yeah, the story is done. Like yeah, he found his love again, and now he's done. Be now he's. I mean, basically seeming to. He kind of turns mortal and goes to heaven because, like, it kind of like vindicates his mission in a way like spiritually and it weirdly gets very jesus-y at the end totally yeah which i I, that's why i was i was like i don't remember the book doing this at all but visually in the movie it's very much that kind of thing like even the way he kind of like looks kind of to the sky yep uh it's like that real extreme close-up on him and everything but i uh, do i do love just speaking of like his character and kind of how romantic he is uh just this little piece of IMDb trivia. Gary Oldman said that when he read the when he first read the script, he decided it would be worth doing the movie just so he could feel what it would be like to say, I've crossed oceans of time to find you to someone. <laughs> oh, see? We love it. I'm, I'm so glad that that's allowed to be in a movie. You know, something that like unapologetically, that's what I mean. Like those scenes where they're like screaming at each other. It's like, I'm, hey, I'm, I'm glad that we can do this like without or there was a time where you could do this without like winking to the, you know, cause like, for instance, like Disney used to be a source of that kind of like high unapologetic romance and they've completely, you know, sworn off anything, but irony toward like an ironic tone toward that kind of thing i mean in that it feels truly inspired by like cocteau or something um but again in a very fun accessible like i don't think that like i guess i agree with you maybe people saw this and were like well that was fucking weird but i would show this it's also like i mean i I would too yeah there's a lot of boobs but Mm -hmm. top notch a lot of blood yeah very great boob casting in this film Mm -hmm. um but it's not there's a ton of blood but it's not gory it's all so beautiful that it's like it's not gross really you know what it looks like to me but 
what? The way it's shot, especially with those big like splashes of blood, it feels more akin to water to me. Like I think some. Mm-hmm. Do you understand what I'm saying? Like it feel it does not feel like. I mean, there are definitely like when when there's biting happen or where like like he splashes and exposes himself, but just like when there's like huge like buckets of blood, just the way I don't it's know. It's like the shining. So- Yes, where it's yeah. not, it's 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 definitely not gore. Or same with same with Sleepy Hollow, where like that blood is like orange. It doesn't look like blood. It's not as watery as this blood, but it's like it's it's like <laughs> representational of something more than realistic blood. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that actually makes me think. You brought up Sleepy Hollow and the blood. There is there's so there is a lot of oops. Hit my mic. Uh, there is a lot of older references, but there's also like this is very heavy into that kind of like hammer horror look. Yes. Um, but obviously, I, I'm I'm not actually a huge fan of most of those movies that I've seen. Mm-hmm. But uh, but just in terms of the look uh, and and the, that blood and uh, all that kind of stuff. But uh, but yeah, I like the scene where I think it's when Lucy, when the wolf comes for and everything, it's just kind of a far shot of the bed, and then it's just like you know like cannons blast yeah. blood all over the bedroom like that was cool i, I don't yeah. know why that happened but that was cool <laughs> see that's 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 you know just in, in speaking about the movies like kind of incoherence at times i wonder mm. how much of that is just like the source material because i think one thing that i think movies have like obviously vampires are f- you know frequent subjects for movies but I feel like in some ways we get kind of locked into like what a vampire is, you know, the silver and the yes. and the garlic and the stake yes. through the heart. And this movie is pre all of that. And most movies, I feel like they don't address the fact that like in, you know, in this, in this story, he can turn into fart gas and he can turn into a wolf and a man bat and an old, mm-hmm. and an old lady with boobs on her head. And, so it's like it's sort of it's sort of hard to track like what cuz he's not like a vampire in the way we un, the way modern movie going audiences understand vampires. I don't think. Well, and like the movie the yeah. movie start like the first scene of the movie and like yes, he's not a vampire yet, but he is like, you know, not a he is a <laughs> ruthless killer he's like kissing across like he's doing everything he's doing in in the name of christ um yeah yeah i thought and even even when like uh when they when the ladies are seducing are like fucking keanu um like he's wearing a cross but it just dissolves <laughs> like it she, you know monica bellucci is like Ugh, and then it goes away it's like it's they're yeah. not very and he even says when, you know, when, uh, you know, Van Helsing is doing, you know, the power of Christ compels ye. Like, he's like, you think I give a shit <laughs> about your stupid religion? Yeah, it um, only seems to work with Lucy uh, when they're in her crypt or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. See, I, God, so I don't I don't have gorgeous. like a clear sense of. Well, I mean, Dracula is is. a more power is a more powerful vampire, right? Right. And uh, sure, but I don't assume the brides are, too. Maybe I have no idea because Van Helsing yeah. dispenses, you know, them very, very quickly. Yeah, that's true. Like he has but zero yeah. problems. Die? He when he like they attack or they they come to kill him and 
Uh, and I think circle. Yeah. In the circle. And then in the next scene, he's found their lair and he chops their heads off. I mean, it is like 15 seconds later. That is like the most dangerous. I mean, I I guess that's kind of consistent with vampire lore is that the most dangerous time for a vampire is sleeping. Like do not sleep as a vampire. Cause even when they get Lucy, they're just like barely hiding and she's just like near her crypt and they're like, yoink, goodbye. You know, like it's so, they're not, they're not very hard to kill. <laughs> I think I kind of like that though. Like I me like, too. I like, I guess we're getting more into the genre, the vampire genre now, less than with this specific movie, if, but there's a, a John Carpenter movie called vampires, which is not one mm-hmm. of his better movies, but I just it is interesting. Yeah. yeah. Cause yeah, it's just, it's about like this, like band of dudes that just get paid to go around. I, I think, yeah, I think they're basically just like little mercenaries. They're like contractors and, for the Catholic church. Yes, exactly. Okay, that's it. Yeah. And so they just go around and, uh, you know, if there's like a house out in the country that's infested with vampires and like people in the area like are dying, they just go and they raid the house and they kill them all while they're there. And, Mm -hmm. you know, and there's danger to it. But it's like it's I don't know. I I like I think that that makes it actually, I guess, to extrapolate to the entire horror genre. Like I like that in slasher movies, too, when like the the villain is vulnerable because otherwise they just don't feel like. Yeah. It's, well, I, I don't get as invested uh, unless it's like, well, the villain can you can you can get the villain. It's not just like this, you know, Michael Myers just coming down I th- uh, or, or if, uh, Jason or something. If vampires were hard to kill, then they would not need to be seductive. You know, like, yeah, like the, the fact that they have to. That's a good point. Win victims primarily by like basically sexually seducing them. Right. You know, why are they doing that if it's not <laughs> if it's not? I mean, same with Lestat, like Lestat proves a lot harder to kill. Uh, See, than, but it's also Dracula. It's confusing, though, in this movie, because they say he has the strength of 20 men. And then there's even a part which I laughed out loud when this happened. But there's a point in the movie where I think there's some voiceover or something. And they're talking about how he's in his weakest form right now. Yes. And, and the sh- and that the, the period on that sentence is Dracula exploding from a wooden yeah. crate. <laughs> well, and I think what they yeah. meant is because the sun was out. But, like, it's also, that's what they're telling themselves. That might not be true. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. they're saying, like, all the, everything they know. They also think he gives a shit about crosses, and he doesn't, you know? <laughs> yeah, true. Van Helsing's <laughs> just kind of winging it. Yeah. 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 I mean, I think um, he's kind of, like, it would be interesting almost like because like Anthony Hopkins is just like such a compelling, watchable man. But like, I think Van Helsing's sort of vile <laughs> in, in this in this kind movie. Of. I don't like, know. I don't I, I didn't think he was like a hero, but I definitely I don't think I thought he was a villain either. Yeah. I think he's, he's just, also he, he's almost too goofy to be a hero. He just, yeah, he, just, he, he, he just reminded me of so many. I don't know, academics or scientists or whatever who are just kind of reacting to the flow of information. And mm-hmm. it's it's sometimes clumsy, you know, like with the with the um, transfusion scene where it looks like a horrible medical procedure. <laughs> um, but I don't know. There's something there's something about it that I find sympathetic. Like his his understanding of the world is sort of unfolding. Um in front of a a, a a a threat or whatever who has a full mm. understanding of everything 
yeah let's see all right um i'm just gonna look at my notes and read a few things this mostly has to do with visual things that i noted mm-hmm. um the opening title card uh where just bram stoker's dracula yeah. and like the choir is just like going insane so that music that. is awesome yeah. and that's yeah. by coppola's father I think. Oh, is it really? Oh, I did not know I don't that. remember. His dad did music for several of his movies. Let me see. Wow, okay. Which the score in this movie is is nuts. I mean it I yeah, love I love cool. that like the main music cue I think is really good. And I've no. heard it in a million other things. It's I don't know, some Polish Woch Wojcik Killar. Ah uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who that guy is, but it's a it's a super rad score. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. I like the uh, the shadows, how the shadows just move independently of, you know, like in Dracula's castle. Um, And actually, actually, that's something we haven't mentioned. So the Simpsons dedicated a full Treehouse of Horror segment to this basically to parody in this film. Uh, You know, I guess it would have been probably the year after it came out, I guess, because it took them so long to make episodes. Um, but, uh, that would have been my introduction to most of these things. So when I did watch it for the first time a couple months ago, it was kind of fun to like, I don't know. Cause I've seen that Treehouse of horror special probably, I don't know, dozens of times at this point. Uh, but, uh, so that is something they parody at one point. Mr. Burns is the Gary Oldman Dracula character. And, uh, it's like, he's moving and then his shadow is like doing these movements and like, does like a yo-yo that like spins and all that kind of stuff. Uh, um, sorry, Kilar is like a Polish classical and film music composer, and this is basically his most famous score. Wow. Okay. Um, and but he also wrote he won an uh he he also wrote the music for the pianist. Oh okay. Oh okay. I've never seen that. I did in theaters. Wow. Not a good exp- in the front row. Do not recommend seeing it that way or at all possibly. <laughs> yeah. Um. They brought so, in uh, a, one other thing. They brought in oh. a professional magician to 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 help achieve some of the special effects. Cool. Oh, cool. That's pretty cool, That's right? Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. No, it's okay. Uh, the thing where he's he's got his long red robe and he's just crawling like up the side of the castle. Yeah. Uh, is awesome. so cool. So just eerie. Like it's just yeah. unsettling because you're just like, how is what's happening here? It is a good. Um, it is like a, as as much as we're saying like it's weirdly not gory as much like blood and biting and stuff as it is. It is like a great Halloween time movie. Definitely. Yes. Very it's very spooky and eerie and there's all kinds of castles and like spiders and all kinds of spooky shit. Uh, I thought of you the other day, Kit. Why? Uh, so I had a chimney guy, as I told you. Well, I thought you twice yes. the other day. Uh, the the chim scan. The chim scan. He talked like yeah. this. He did. Cool. Yeah. Um, but uh, when I went to greet him, because I saw his van pull up through the window, and I was like, "Oh, did go, he have soot you know. all over his all over his face?" No, he was very clean, and he really only he got it on his hand toward the end when he was talking to us. Mm, um, is... But I was totally picturing like a you know a little chimney sweep guy. But mm-hmm. uh, anyhow. I opened the front door and because it's fall, we had just this huge spider web and just this massive spider, which he possibly would have walked into unless he had seen it. Um, so, yeah. And same thing, like had I just been walking out the door, I, but I was like, I, I wonder what Kit does this time of year because there's just oh, huge spiders. So everywhere. I had a huge test of that. So like we played that yeah. uh, show the other like last weekend um, and you know, I was seeing them around the garden, like hanging out. Like I had to walk. They have this beautiful backyard, but you have to walk basically 
through a fucking tree to get to it. And like, I know that someday. Anyway, so I'm playing guitar on a song, which I don't love to do in the first place. And while I'm playing, barely holding it together, just a huge spider starts like walking toward my, you know, feet. Um, (laughs) And, you know, I'm playing a song in front of like 40 people. And I was like, okay. I had the thought in my head as I was playing, like, you know, if this spider crawls up into my pussy, like, so be it. And then, <laughs> and then I look at my sheet, sheet music. Like, I turn back to my chord chart, and there's a spider crawling across my chord chart. Good Lord. Um, and then later, while we were packing up, I hear this, like, ruckus, like, a few feet away from me from, like, my, like one of the performers was saying goodbye to some friends. And I look over and some guys just like I see a guy like stomp on a thing. Yeah. And what they what was inside, they were all freaking out about how huge the spider was. I hadn't seen the spider. I only saw the aftermath. But what was inside that spider was like the entire contents of a bottle of hairspray or something. It was like they were the amount of juice that it left behind. This is awful. This is awful. Unconscionable. (laughs) Like, like, and I just like, yeah, I was like, I can't, I don't know if like all their furniture is like covered with, you know, uh, covers to like protect their outdoor furniture. And I was like, I'm sorry, Lee, but like, I can't do this. Like, I can't pick up anything. (laughs) Yeah. I'm terrified. And then we had to leave, you know, walking through a tree. And anyway, yeah, it was this is horrible. Quite a test, but I did pretty well. And then, like, I'm sitting in the car waiting for Lee to load up. He was bringing out the PA, and I can see on like the back windshield just like a spider go walking across the windshield. And I'm just like, oh my God, no. (laughs) But look, I'm so much better because I like, I just was like, whatever. If I die tonight, fine. Um, yeah, I mean, you get used to it. That's it's uh, whoops, uh, like immersion therapy, you know. I, just, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I also got twelve mosquito bites. <laughs> oh my god. Hey. Yeah. Anyway, Mike, can you uh, can you make a note of uh, that uh, spider pussy is a great idea for a movie? <laughs> <laughs> Noted. Thank you. I got it. I'll put it on our list of of great ideas. Um, I do have another piece of uh, a couple of of things from IMDb be trivia that um relate to keanu reeves mm-hmm. um the first one is that coppola openly criticized his own reasoning for casting according to him he needed a young hot star that would connect with the girls which is like what i don't understand dude you've already you're already, you're already I mean, making you're already making this movie and then um I'm, yeah and then Keanu Reeves, after after this movie came out, that he wasn't happy with his work in it, stating he had been exhausted from making several movies right on the heels of signing on as Jonathan Harker, and that he tried to raise his energy for the role, but he just didn't have anything left to give. But that, okay, look, that's horseshit. Because right around this time, there was an epidemic of casting Keanu Reeves in movies where he has to have a British accent for some reason. He is exactly as movies? bad in... Dangerous liaisons. He's playing oh, yeah. a French guy, but he has but he has a British accent and he fucking <laughs> sucks. He's ex- it's exactly the same performance as this. And uh, then in in um fucking much ado about nothing, Kenneth Branagh casts him in fucking Shakespeare, and he's terrible oh, yeah. in that as well. So Forgot it's like no, that. bro. I'm sorry, not uh, buying it. 
That's wild. This, I is, the, about this that. is the movie where I now think he works the best in that kind of <laughs> mode because I'm yeah. just choosing to believe that it's terrible on purpose. Not not on Keanu's part, but on uh, Coppola's part. Yeah. And, and, you know, look, the scene where he's just like, you know, coming <laughs> while vampire ladies bite on his dick, like, that's fine. He's good there. And I, I genuinely do appreciate, like, Winona Ryder and him have to spend so much of, and Lucy, the actress who plays Lucy, have to spend so much of this movie just or making orgasm sounds and faces. And I genuinely think that that's one of the hardest things I can imagine doing as an actor. <laughs> like, like, that would be really hard. And he does a good job with that, you know? Okay. He's yeah. believable in that scene. Also, I think Winona Ryder is an incredible kisser. Like, holy shit. Because, like, Keanu Reeves is kind of famously a bad kisser, but even he does an okay job when he's with her. And she and Gary Oldman are like, damn. She's great. Love her. Yep, she is great. I can't believe, watching her in this movie, I couldn't believe, it made me just think, like, I can't believe she's not still, like, a famous actress, really. Like, yeah, she's in Stranger Things, but, Did something kill her career? Well, there was her stealing. She got caught shoplifting. Right, but, like, that's... It's odd, but I that mean, is she what have a drug I think habit that's what. Or? No, well, maybe, think. but that is. I think that is what killed her career, honestly. Because well, I think was right she before doing, that, I don't know. Because what was she doing at that time? That was what Girl 2000- Interrupted, which she produced and won Oscars. No, no, that was way before. the The shoplifting thing was like in the two thousands, like mid two thousands, like ten two thousand seven or eight. Let's find out. We got to know. Girl Interrupted was ninety nine. I feel like the shoplifting yeah. was like two thousand one. She was in Zoolander as herself. She was 2001. In... Are you? 2001 fun? was the shoplifting, which really? means it was the Os- the 2000 Oscars were the ones where a movie that she produced and starred in was like totally buzzy. And Girl then two years later, her... for Oscars? Angelina Jolie won, dude. That movie was terrible. I don't like I don't like it. <laughs> yeah. But it was like, you know, critically well received and oscar Beatty, yeah she did like uh the one with richard Gere, where she plays a lady with cancer which seems like not the best idea see that's um, what makes me think her career might have been on the downward slope well before that but she was in celebrity she was in woody allen movie she was in alien resurrection which is not a good movie but it's a cool movie to look at i don't know yeah I she was like in she was died. in being john malkovich yeah but, but no, like, but that was just as a, she's barely yes, in it. It's just herself. like art. But, yeah. but around, I think around the, the, well, she's in like a scanner darkly. She's actually made a lot of movies with Keanu Reeves. Um, around the shoplifting thing, she started doing a lot of com- comedies sort of things or like yeah. weird like the, Dar- the Darwin Awards, Mr. Deeds, Zoolander. I genuinely, I'm telling you, it was the shoplifting thing. I think yeah. I, I think I believe no. you. I'm just shocked. Because if you look yeah, before seems... that, it's like looking for Richard, which like I know that's like, but you know, that she's still being treated. She's in the crucible and looking for Richard with like Al Pacino and Daniel Day-Lewis. Like, and then Alien Resurrection. Like, yeah, but that's like, you know, that's a high profile movie to be in. Right, and at least it's like a blockbuster. 
yeah, she's doing Renona Ridery movies up until the shoplifting thing. And hmm. then Well, but, Stranger yeah. Things brought her back around. So I guess I guess that's good. Sorry, I got distracted. Um one thing we have not talked about that I thought was pretty remarkable was the sound design of the film. There is just a ton of yes. really clever, just creative kind of stuff they do. And it's just all in all, it's just a very fun movie to listen to. Um, yeah, there's a lot of parts where like people's breathing or speaking just carries over the next scene, but in kind of an unusual way. Yeah, like it, it follows through the transition. And there's like, um, like I, we talk about VO a lot. And this was a movie that voiceover didn't bother me. Like the movie kind of like sails between different perspectives. Mm -hmm. And I, I don't know. I found that that coupled with the visuals, it felt so intentional. Like it did not feel like something they were doing in, you know, in the editing room to fix something. Um, I don't know. Like I especially loved him, uh, Harker on the train when they show like he's writing in his diary and it's just like a train, yeah. it's like a silhouette of a train and there's a blood red sky behind it. And then in the, the yeah. darkness of the hill is like the, uh, uh, a candle lit, uh, mm -hmm. journal with calligraphy being written. It's just, it's gorgeous. It's gorgeous. And, and it's, it's also, it's very cool. The, the novel is an epistolary novel that uses, has multiple different, it's from the points of view of several different characters and uses like, diaries and letters and like ships logs and all kinds of different ways of telling yeah, a story so it's actually a very boring book <laughs> well let me tell you mike i have a story about that because i have not actually <laughs> i have not read the book but i have um, been to a reading of Bram Stoker's dracula hmm. when i was like they read the whole book yes weird so when i was probably 11 i want to say um my grandparents had we were i was with them and they had some friends who got us tickets to go to this it's like a, at a theater like mm -hmm. and they had like people on stage and it was like four people in a ch in chairs and i remember i got there and the manager came up to me and like said like hey so you're like the only child here and I remember complaining about going and being like, just drop me off at the movies. Please just drop me off at the movies. I'm old enough. Just drop me off at the movies and pick me up when you're done. And they wouldn't uh -huh. do it. And we get into the, this other. So it's like, it's like, go. The, it's just two of the most, like the most exciting version of theater to me and the most boring version of theater mm -hmm. to anyone. And then I remember the manager came out and was like, you're the only child here. I was seriously the only person under 40 and uh, 50 maybe. And she yeah. was like, you, since you're the only kid here, concessions are free to you all night long. All right. Ooh. So I just, that's, good. just, that's all I did. So I remember parts of Dracula <laughs> and I remember spending <laughs> a lot of time going back and forth and just like loading up on concessions. I'm pretty sure I walked out of there with just like my, pa my pockets <laughs> full of candy and popcorn. <laughs> I mean, you might remember it better than we do, having seen someone read it. Because it is, I just, this is all 21 I really years ago. Is, <laughs> I know, but I think I probably read it in, co in college, I think. And I remember being disappointed by, especially like, because Frankenstein I really enjoyed. And they seem somehow yeah. of, of a piece in a way. Frankenstein um, is excellent. And it's like a book like that, it should move along and be interesting it's not that long if i remember and it's all like you know just a collection of short 
ish writings. Yeah. It sounds like it would be fun, but I really every time I watch this movie though, I'm like, oh, I should try to read that again. <laughs> yeah. Because the movie's See, I great. Got it. There was a version I was really into Edward Gorey briefly in like the mm-hmm. mid 2000s and uh, there was a version that he illustrated and I b- found it and I bought it on eBay and I was like, well, cool. I paid, you know, twenty five dollars or whatever it was for this. I better read it. And uh, yeah, it was so boring. It was just really boring. But the illustrations are cool. So that was nice. But uh, I mean, it's also anyhow. like Frankenstein and Dracula were written almost 100 years apart. But like somehow they seem like the same thing. <laughs> Yeah, because they had movies that came out like four years. Yeah, Yeah. the classic monsters. Um, What else do I got here? I asked if Winona's hair was real. Uh, The castle, you brought up how it's based on that painting. Um, I thought it it, it, uh, so it looks like, you know, like a a sad guy sitting in like a throne or something. Mm -hmm. Uh, But for me, it it reminded me of uh, Alien. There's that totally. That thing in the the spaceship. I was like, oh, oh absolutely. It is. It yeah. is very. Uh, what's his name? Giger. Space jockey. Yeah, the space jockey. No, yeah, space the jockey, designer. Yeah. Giger. H.R. Giger. Giger. Oh, very geeky. It's very geeky. It's very geeky. But that's yeah. That's like a really cool looking mm. castle. It's a great design. Like yeah, holy it's shit, awesome. Roman. I mean, I don't know Roman Coppola and production designer guy who's you know he was. They did amazing. Yeah, it's cool stuff. All right, well, watched... that's all my notes. You guys got any stragglers? Not really. No. I, I, I've heard it said about this movie by several people that it didn't resemble anything being else being made at the time. Like, it just wasn't like other movies that came yeah, out. Absolutely. Yeah. From what I remember of the 90s, I would agree with that. To me, like, I it's mean, the most like Age of Innocence. <laughs> uh, well, so, yeah. But I also, I think Burton... Tim Burton and then maybe Ridley Scott, but like, so some of their stuff, but I, th- I think generally speaking, there wasn't anything. I mean, this is just crazy production design. Yeah. It reminded me I of guess, something like, yeah. um, what's the, what's the silent film hack sand? You know, yeah. It reminded me of that. Um, yeah. and then, you know, uh, the green Knight. um, I know David Lowry pulled like, this was one of his, um, big, uh, influences for that movie okay yeah but uh yeah i was thinking too like we talked i guess to start the episode off about how it doesn't seem like this uh is necessary is maybe like in the canon of like great 90s yeah but but and as i've watched it and now as i've watched it a second time i think there was a lot that like the goth culture of the 90s picked up on in this like even like stuff like nine inch nails i feel like some of the visuals from their music videos um and then like top hats and those glasses like that was kind of like a thing i feel like if you took like the crow Crow. coppola's dracula and then you Mm -hmm. took like what was the other one bunch of tim burton movies interview with the uh well interview with the vampire mainly i was like i feel like that was like a subgenre of the 90s goth stuff that kind of just fizzled out i think it's because like emo came along and it sort of made goth too embarrassing for people who were that's how it goth. always goes is it's like yeah. it's a back and forth between like because i the exhibition i'm working on now we're ta- we talk about um the new romantic movement which was like the the punks had like this and this like aesthetic 
utilitarian, anti-fashion kind of stance. And then the next thing that came was like unapologetically like Baroque and and romantic. Mm. And it's just like back and forth and back and forth. But, you know, grunge to goth, like, uh, yeah, like, when is it okay to be fancy boys? (laughs) You know? Yeah. But yeah, I'm surprised. I think you're right. Like Gary Oldman's outfit when he's like sexy vampire. I feel like, yeah, that kind of made an impression. But like, I'm very surprised I don't see a million people dressed like Lucy in this movie. That's like, how is that not a more like iconic costume? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the, what she's wearing as a vampire like that. It's so it's great. unusual and amazing. And who is that lady? I have no idea who that actress oh, uh, Jody is. Sadie Frost. Sadie Frost. Yeah, Sadie Frost. I've never. Oh, that's heard... uh, Jude Law's first wife that he cheated on with the nanny. Oh, okay. Wait, didn't he cheat on Sienna Miller with the nanny? Um, he did that. He did it with he. He cheated on Sienna Miller with the nanny. Did he cheat he on two nannies. of his wives with nannies? And I gotta know, they must be different different nannies. I have to assume. <laughs> Sadie Frost, Jude Law, Nanny. Maybe um, he's like me and he was just obsessed it, with Fran Drescher. Oh, no, she, he did. Okay, you're right. He was cheating. So, okay. But see, here's the thing. So maybe, here's my guess. He cheated uh-huh. on Sadie Frost with Sienna Miller. Then he cheated on Sienna Miller with the nanny of the children he had with Sadie Frost. That's my guess. Oh, okay. Nice. Jude Law. Because More the like, timeline, he conf- he 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 divorced Sadie Frost in two thousand three, and he was like already dating Sienna Miller, I think. Jude Law's a dude who likes to party. I, I, yeah, Some I people say, just like, shouldn't probably shouldn't get married, <laughs> you know. Jude above the law. I agree. So he thinks, yeah, that guy. Anyways, we haven't watched a Jude Law movie, have we? No. We need to watch. Uh, Ripley? Yeah. What yes. is it? Ripley would be cool. What's that? I don't uh, know what that is. Talented Mr. Ripley. Talented Mr. <laughs> oh, yeah. We can, we can watch, watch that. Alien, Talented Mr. Ripley, and then Alien. something else with Ripley in it. Yeah. Oh, good idea. Oh. A Ripley Wait, Scott what? movie. Wait, no. Alien is a Ridley. Ripley Scott movie. Ridley Scott. <laughs> you think I don't know that? <laughs> well, I don't know. I'm confused. <laughs> he plays a vampire uh, in a movie. What's that movie called? Immortal, I think. It's like a nineties. Yeah, it's like I think maybe oh, like ninety nine, yeah, yeah, yeah. two thousand. It's like he's. It's pretty low budget. It's good though. So who's gonna do the Jude above the law triple feature? I would definitely have talented Mr. Ripley. I would probably put Midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil, even though he's barely in it. Hmm. Um, and then what other Jude Law movie? Maybe Gad is he in Gattaca? Is that the one where Gattaca he's Gattaca is so boring. What? I've never no. seen Gattaca. it. No, Gattaca I've is never not so boring. boring. Okay, Mike's it wrong. So boring. It's not boring at all, and it's very, very good. You're boring. You watch so Sherlock boring. Holmes because those are, are we, the second. I think Sherlock Holmes. Good. This take good. is weird. This take is weird. I don't. I don't want our listeners to think that this is a normal take <laughs> for this podcast. People have Gattaca been telling me good. to watch Gattaca. It's great. It's great. I don't know what he's talking about. I thought he looked really cool in it. What? Kit should watch it, and then she can settle this for us. I'm not saying it's necessarily bad, but it is boring. It is you got to so stop boring. saying boring like that. Boring. <laughs> he looks. I loved. This was such a fun time of Jude Law's career, where he just played like the best looking assholes. 
Yeah. <laughs> like, like, thank God. That's his character in Gattaca, and it rules. Yeah. He's like a huge, he's, yeah. He's a sad boy asshole. It's his character in Gattaca. It's his character in Talented Mr. Ripley. It's his character in Midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil. Just like, you're such a prick, but you're so beautiful. God damn mm-hmm. it. He's in uh, look, AI too, isn't he? I will not watch AI. Yes, he's in AI. Okay. Oh, all right. well, we'll get to that later. I'm going to ask you guys about the, uh, anyhow. Uh, time for the cruise minute, is it? Yeah. Perhaps. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. What, what do we got? I got nothing this week. But, I got something. Uh, what are you okay. guys going to do when I don't have something? <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> well, we just skipped it when Kit and I did the Disney well, movie triple feature. We also, so. we have talked about like Lestat a bit in this, in this podcast. That's true. Yeah. True. True. Ooh, what's this? Oh, his balls are <laughs> enormous. Tom Cruise. Did he get the vaccine? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I posted a picture in our chat of Tom Cruise with a giant bag tucked between his crotch, and it does. I look guess like a parachute. Yeah, Tom Cruise surprises h- hikers after landing helicopter and parachuting off cliff. Why doesn't that happen to me? <laughs> can you imagine going for a hike? How I guess I need go to hiking? go hiking. Yeah, yeah that's true. <laughs> Did you just like you're just like out for a friggin' walk and this dude lands a fucking <laughs> helicopter right next to you and then just like gives you a peace sign and jumps is off he, a fucking is cliff. Is he waving at them in that picture? Like that's the picture they uh, took? I don't know. I don't that's know. That's what it looks like. It looks uh, like he's kinda like saying hi to the camera. Yeah. Huh. Oh my god. I certainly so cool. This is a great a great quote. I certainly wasn't expecting to bump into Tom Cruise during my hike. <laughs> <laughs> he said he was that, really like, friendly. The beginning of a short story. I know that is the beginning <laughs> of a short story. But your penthouse. Apparently, he was very friendly. He took some pictures. He looked like he was having a That's great cool. time. He and does. He looks like he's having fun. He, yeah, I, I bet. By the time he parachuted away, there was a little crowd gather, but Tom didn't show any sign of nerves. He obviously loved the thrill of being involved in his own stunts. <sighs> Uh, Tom. Oh, there's a what great picture doing? of him jumping off the cliff. <laughs> what was he doing it for? I think it was from Mission Impossible. Wait, but they're done. Okay, I don't know, dude. I, part <laughs> of it me could thinks, just be recreational. Stuff. Yeah, I honestly, who knows? I feel like the lines blur for that man when it comes to making movies and just like doing his, you know, what he would be doing if he well, wasn't shooting a movie. There is somebody on the right side of that picture you just sent filming it, but maybe it's just for his own personal collection. <laughs> or well, I yeah, are there like test test footage or something? I, his yeah, beat, is this I, his I beat bet material? It, no, I bet <laughs> it's his next. Remember that video he did for the Scientology like conference or something? I bet oh, this yeah. is his next like oh, maybe God. motivational speech. But uh, I do wonder, anyways. you know, you could you somebody who didn't have a lot of money and wanted to cast Tom Cruise in their movie and wanted it to be like a big budget movie, they could just like follow him around for a day while he goes and does insane shit and then just yeah. like write in a narrative around it. Yeah. It would be funny to have like a comedy, like a movie that's about something completely different, but just the characters as they go through Like what about if it's like, I'm thinking of, uh, of, uh, oh, God damn it. Who's the star of Gattaca? Is this me now? Ethan Hawke. Ethan Hawke, like on, a, a, before, a before sunset movie where they are like walking around for the day for 24 hours and they keep seeing Tom Cruise like doing <laughs> different stunts. I'm like, oh, hey, there's Tom Cruise uh, base jumping again. again. <laughs> you could do you could even do that. It'd be fun to do that movie with Tom Cruise. And then just like inexplicably, there's some sort of like insane 
stunt that has to be pulled off, but it's done so nonchalantly. Well, that's it could be the thing. Like night and day. It's, it would be like it'd right. be like night and day, but without the actual plot of that movie. I think if you wrote that movie where you just like as a kind of like C story, you keep running into Tom Cruise doing stunts, he would do the movie. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, probably. No Gets to do the stunts. <laughs> yeah. He just got to be Tom Cruise doing stunt things. I mm-hmm. think he would say yes to that project. <laughs> uh, um, is that the end of the cruise minute? That was a good cruise minute. Yeah, that's all yeah. I got. Okay. Thank you for joining us tonight, folks, and have a happy Halloween. Uh, we'll be back to your regularly scheduled podcast next week with a triple feature of Andrew's choosing, which starts with, uh, appropriate for the holiday, 2016's The Vitch. Um, that's the next triple, right? I think so. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure that's where you're at in the schedule. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, enjoy that uh, for your, I guess that'll be either late October or early yeah. We're going to be November doing another listening. another Gary Oldman movie in that triple. Oh, yeah. Yeah, coming right as up. As well. Yeah, just after that. Yeah. Yeah, we've already, I guess I should say, we've already recorded the next couple triples. Yeah. But this is our uh, special October or Shocktober. Uh, these are slightly more live. Uh, okay. Slow motion triple feature was recorded in the very tippity top of Dracula's castle. Special thanks to our producer, Lee, the man in the booth who makes us sound great. If you'd like to contact us, please do so at slow motion triple at gmail.com. Hooray for-